Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. If you've got a uh, first date this weekend, it is believed about 11,000 people were asked that going to the movies is the worst place for a first date. Wow. I guess that's because you can't talk. You can't get to know you. Yeah, but I guess I, I would say, though, the problem is in, in the online dating world, a lot of people have had so many conversations before they actually have that first date. Mm. You feel like you already know someone or you've already Googled and stalked them online. Right. <laughs> you know more about their lives than they do, perhaps. And you've probably already had sex with them before the first date. <laughs> oh, we're actually going to go out and do something? Now, this is odd. The second worst place is McDonald's. Well, that's insulting to McDonald's. Right. Although, you know, I I don't know if Mickey D's would consider itself above the age of, like, 14. Well, that's right. Like a real date venue. If you're 36, (laughs) hey, just the Happy Meal. Yes. That's probably your first and last date. On the list for worst first places or worst places to go on a first date, staying home. Okay, yes. Although if you invited them over to your home and cooked them a nice meal, I mean, that seems... I don't know if that's first date material. That's too, a bit awkward, too right? Heavy. Right. A little forward here. Come to my yeah. house. Let me show you the well in the basement. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let me show you my dead grandmother's wedding dress. Right. Now, this is creepy. Going to a parent's house on right. a first date. Oh, yeah. Uh, way too forward. My dad, we're going to use your bed. <laughs> Don't worry, my parents are away. <laughs> a restaurant. Just going to a restaurant or a bar is considered... That's a bad thing? That's a bad thing. Like, where are you supposed to go? A swimming pool? <laughs> Public swim. Yeah. Actually, swimming is on the list is a bad idea. Well, that I could... Yes, I could absolutely. Um, watching a sporting event. Now, I would say this. Unless you've got, like, a private jet and tickets to the Super Bowl, that's a pretty cool first date. Right. Well, now, how I would say this: like, if you're going to go to a Leaf game, or a or or a, ba- a like a Jays game, that seems like it would be a pretty. It's a public venue, so mm-hmm. it's easy easy access to get to. Lots of time to talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. More so with baseball, certainly. Exactly. I mean, that, that takes forever to get through. Right. I mean, I would make sure that they're a fan. Right. Of the sport, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. No, if you started, if you met someone online and found out they were a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan, yeah, I would think. Especially you go and have drinks beforehand or something. The restaurant thing is so puzzling, though. Yeah. Because are they are suggesting perhaps coffee shop or just something very more casual? Maybe, maybe because a restaurant, if you're having sitting down for a meal and a first date isn't going well, this is going to really drag on. Right. And plus, eating is very personal. You know, I don't know how impressive you can be. You've got to really be care- careful that you're not spitting food and you're not talking with your mouth open. Isn't and- that a good sign if you're with one- someone who gets that? That they can use cutlery and they can... <laughs> <laughs> they know how to at least, you know, eat in public responsibly. Yeah. But then I think, you know, you're trying to eat and talk and carry on. I don't know. Maybe maybe just like you said, a coffee shop. You know what? I, I'm pretty sure the reason that's all boils down to now is that it's too long a commitment for people. Mm, probably. People do not want to commit yeah. to uh, two hours 
uh, just in case it's not going well. They want to be able to just do coffee shop and bail after 10 minutes if they don't like it. Yeah, everything's too long. Look, we learned now that movies like, well, The Irishman, let, movies are too long. Now. Right. If something isn't 90 minutes or less, we can't deal. We we are we are just such little fidget spinners. Mm-hmm. Um, a funeral. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so that's way down the list. So you're saying you'd rather stand graveside than have a Big Mac? What is wrong with you people? And going to a park is a bad idea. Really? Again, what's wrong with a park? You could run away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I thought this was interesting. Have you ever had a uh, fight with your kid? You tell them to do something. They ask why, and you come back with, because I said so. Right. Millions of parents have fallen back on that line, but a new study found even kids as young as three know it's a lame excuse. Well, (laughs) well, guess what, (laughs) three-year-old? I don't care what you think is lame. And here's part of the problem with parenting. We're actually studying that now. Right. Thinking what a three-year-old actually thinks. Nobody cares. (laughs) You can't wipe your own bum yet. Nobody cares. Because I said so is the greatest answer any parent can right. give to their kid. I, I, I start with that and then move on and remind them all of all the things that are paid for for them mm. and, uh, and the conveniences that they get. And then I start to threaten those one by one. Do you take them away? Because um, the threats I have, yes. go on deaf ears. Yeah, if you just I take keep phones away. I, I, I take... Um, I, I take, I threaten phones being removed permanently, mm. but I take them away for short times. Yeah. I still say because I said so to my kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you still pay for things. Yeah. You're still living under my roof. Right. It was like a thing I read the other day, you know, one of these advice columns that caught my eye on my phone as I was scrolling. Some guy says, we don't know what to do. My wife and I both make a great living. We uh, save our money. We're frugal. Both of our children want us to buy a bigger, better house because they say our house is embarrassing. Right. Well, I got so mad. (laughs) If my kids, especially when they were younger, living under my roof while I feed them and pay for everything, said my house was embarrassing, Mm. the one that my wife and I worked so hard to pay for and keep up, Oh, their new house would be under a bridge. Right. We uh, we got into it a little bit the other day because, um, you know, with March break coming up, and was asking, you know, like, what are what are plans? Mm. What, are, what are we doing? And, uh, you know, I'm telling you what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> working. Uh, yeah, I'm working. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and I'm, I'm traveling at the start of it as well, which, you know, they were like, well, why, why don't we get to go away? Well, because you don't. <laughs> I'm working. It's, and, it's amazing. And, uh, and so, you know, we, I, I tend to have a lot of conversations with my boys about um, just being spoiled mm. or, or the behavior that is seen as being spoiled or, or entitled. entitled a little bit. Because that was, for me, always uh, got my back up, mm. right? And listen, I, I'm an only child and son of a doctor. The, uh, right away, uh, yes, I've been given, afforded a lot of privileges that I, I realize others haven't. But I would have people that come up to me and meet me for the first time and say, well, you must be spoiled. Mm. And while I might very well have been in your eyes, the problem is, is that, to me, spoiled means you don't appreciate. And so I'd like to 
try and further them, uh, my mm-hmm. kids, to appreciate what they have and realize that they need to appreciate certain situations too. Yeah, I, listen, I, well, I've i worked with you for 10 years now. I, I, I certainly can understand how you would feel that way because certainly I, in the long conversations we have, realized how truly spoiled you are. <laughs> and through the green eye of envy, I'm sure a lot of people look at you and go, I can't believe how much Lucky has. Right. Lucky is a good last name for him. Could be. Um, so I can see how you've dealt with that. And and people wouldn't understand the, the prices you've also had to pay. Right. I mean, we all have our story, right? right. There's, there's things that you've had to endure or deal with that uh, nobody would understand. But we just see the outside story. So, right. we, you know, we see the life you lead. And, and, yeah, I, like every other person who's met you, can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> but this was interesting. Not something that I had ever considered. But uh, with the Super Bowl... Uh, Chris Stapleton will sing the national anthem at the uh, Super Bowl this uh, coming Sunday. But he is one of very few country music stars who is ever involved. There's only been like nine other country artists who have had uh, any sort of dealings with the Super Bowl. Yeah, which is shocking considering you'd think football and country music... Would go hand in hand. More recently, certainly, as countries kind of drifted more to a, a rock sound as well. But mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised because, I mean, for years, Carrie Underwood has been like one of the, the profile artists for for football's theme music. Right? That's right. That's right. Um, people who have done it, the national anthem at least, Garth Brooks in 93, Faith Hill, uh, The Chicks, Carrie Underwood, as mentioned, Luke Bryan. Um, but the halftime show has not had a country artist for 20 years. The last time was Shania Twain in 2003. But say. She shared the stage with Sting and No Doubt. That was 20 years ago. For that, Clint Holy Black, cow. Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, the judge, the judge. Um, yeah. Now, listen, I will say honestly, I'm fine with it. <laughs> because in this fella's very humble opinion... There is no worse a music genre than country. I cannot stand it. I would take jazz (laughs) 24-7. Light jazz. Punk polkas. Anything. Right. Over the drill bit draining sound that is country music. But that's just me. Yeah. But as I said, it's funny that, that country... And and I find it very interesting how much it has changed its sound in the last 15, 20 years. Where, I mean, you've got rock artists that switch to country now and play that. Dallas yeah, yeah, Smith back from, and forth. Dallas right? Smith from Default. Uh, Darius Rucker was mm-hmm. uh, Hootie and the Blowfish at one point. Uh, but... And then, Kid Rock. Yeah. But what's interesting, what, what I find interesting about it is that, you know, while... If you play rock or you're, you say you're a fan of rock, you're still a fan of, like many are still a fan of, of rock music from 30, 40, 50 years ago. But you read a country music fan right now and they're not screaming to hear Waylon Jennings. No, it is odd. Soon. It is odd. Yeah, con- country radio is uh, is very much that way, that it just plays the current stuff. Not a lot of Kenny Rogers and old Dolly Parton. Right. And even like and large country acts, the biggest being Taylor Swift, 
moved away from country and into mm. pop music. Right? Yep. Well, Shania Twain, a great example of right. that, right? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's just, and I know that it's for a lot of country music fans, it's the lyrics, it's the storytelling, but it's just the same beat over well, and over and over again. Well, I'm, I was going to say, one of the things that has probably gone downhill in country is the storytelling. It's It's now a... A truck and a beer and a girl, and that's that's it, right? Yeah, I guess early on it was a lot of woes is me and, yeah, you know. It's almost my, like the blues. My broken heart and my poor life and living on the farm and nothing is easy. And, yeah, it's when it's uh, it's amazing, though, when you, when you hear, and I try to avoid as much as possible, but uh, they all blend together, like one artist after another. They all have that same twang in their voice. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, they're probably unavailable for the Super Bowl because aren't they handing out awards to each other every other week? <laughs> I mean, country music can't get over itself for giving each other awards and pats on the back. It's like uh, every uh, country has their own uh, country music awards. In the U.S., I think every state has their own country music awards. Pretty crazy. It's the Mississippi Country <laughs> Music Awards. It's the North... Dakota Country Music Award. Even in this country. I think, the, doesn't Ontario have its own Country Music Awards? Right, yeah. And then there's a Canadian Country Music Awards. I got an award for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got this weird notification on my phone yesterday that I've never seen before. And it was from Google. And it actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. Because it really had a, a list of all the things I had done, all the places I had gone, all the driving I had done, showed uh, my grocery store and how many times I'd been there, wow. the local mall, the hotel we stayed at down in Windsor when I went down for my dad. All your tracking? Just completely tracking. The only things that didn't show up were how many times I had sex <laughs> because you can't track something that's not happening. But funny enough, the one thing, so, the, the, so you know, I drove so many kilometers. I was at the store so many times, all these different things. One of the things I did the least, walking. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't track how many glasses of wine I had last oh night, so at goodness. least it doesn't know that. It lost count. But that's, it's, it's, it's almost spooky how much the phone knows about us. Right. Well, and it's spooky to see it, actually. Yeah. Because we kind of all assume that our phone kind of knows where we've been, but you don't see that tracked and displayed for you. Yeah. With even pictures of, like, the mall and the store. Really? Yeah. Then I, I, I had told Maria about it, and I was swiping through my phone, so, of course, I, I lost it. I couldn't I couldn't find it again, so I'll, I'll uh, certainly keep an eye out for it if it comes back again. I just thought I got to leave that phone at home a little more. My goodness. Got to leave it just sitting there beside the bed. <laughs> Was it telling you what websites you've been to? Uh, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> it actually blocked it right. on me. It said enough. You've had enough. <laughs> Go for more walks. Like a display TV. Are you still watching this? Yeah. yeah. No, I know. It it uh, it certainly is strange. If if anybody else has had that experience, like I said, it's the first time uh, uh, that's ever popped up on my phone. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, listen, I I need a little privacy. I think <laughs> I think me and the phone are done. We have to we have to separate for a little bit. 
Well, we're uh, heading into another mild weekend. This winter has been uh, just unbelievable. Um, I'm hearing uh, double-digit temperatures hit southwestern Ontario uh, yesterday. Hasn't happened since the 1960s. Now, you say, okay, well, we had double digits, an odd little thing back in the 60s, so maybe it's just another one of those odd uh, winters. Or is is it is it climate change? Like, do you think we can expect our winters now moving forward to be more and more mild? Uh, this one is certainly throwing a wrench into a lot of people's winter plans. I think overall, I think it's just more and more unpredictable. Yeah, the weather. I don't know if we're going milder overall. I think I think the trend has been warmer every year by mm. a degree or two. Nothing mm. like entirely dramatic as what we've seen here with. Plus temperatures and extremely negative temperatures, but I think what you're going to get is more of this just change in pattern. Yeah, I mean, outside of that polar vortex that lasted for like 36 hours or whatever, it um, you know one early dumping of snow. Yeah, and it's but and and you know overnight you get down below zero a bit, but for daytime temperatures, if we were to look at the uh, the track of this winter i think the majority of days have certainly been above zero mm. so we're going to have to invent something new called mud skiing <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to come up with a uh, set of skis for that kind of thing cuz right. uh, the uh, i don't even know how how places i mean i know they make their own snow and all of that i don't know how cold it has to be to maintain that snow well, I think snowmaking conditions, if I remember market Brimacombe said, it's got to be like minus two, minus three overnight. Right. Overnight. Overnight. And then they make it overnight. Yeah. Yesterday, Brimacombe actually shut down just because they knew the rain was coming, trying sure. to preserve as much snow as possible. But the weekend looks like it should be perfect for skiing. Yeah. I don't even know that you would have to um, to uh, shut Brimacombe or any ski hill down on a day like yesterday. As you and I were leaving, I said to you, why don't you go grab your skis and head to Brimacombe? I mean, nobody's going out in uh, <laughs> pouring rain. Someone with a garbage bag over them? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess just for, you know, things like ski patrol operations, they've got to shut it down, make sure they don't have to come out because one idiot wants to go skiing. Yeah, now look, I'm not one to complain. I mean, I can't stand the, uh, the winter. And so if uh, moving forward... We spent our winters in plus two, plus three, plus five conditions. I'd be fine with that. But I know a lot of people, you know, the pond hockey game up in Scugog had to get uh, canceled because the uh, the lake isn't uh, safe enough. And I'm sure many families who like to build rinks in their backyard haven't been able to do that this year. So interesting, though, because of you've always said like spring is the worst, right? In the, in the sense that it just it's it's muddy. No, fall is the worst. Fall is the worst because I know what's coming. Right, spring I'm fine with the mud and the no. I'm because I know summer's right around the corner. Well, but if it was like you know four or five months of spring, if we didn't have the cold and a little bit of snow here and there, and it was just muddy and rain for all of about four or five months, would that not be depressing as well? One thousand percent better. <laughs> Remember the polar vortex? You ever dig- I, yeah, it was two dig- days. The digging out of snow when uh, you know when it's up to your knees. No thanks. <laughs> I will happily wear my rubbers <laughs> and walk about the town like it's London. Right. They survive over in England that way. Yeah, uh, depressed. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're depressed. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some things. They, they can't even make happy. it up to go to the dentist. That's how depressed they are. So, okay, leave the poor English alone. They have dentistry now. <laughs> Um, 
Well, you, well, you're a fan of skiing and, of course, hockey, so you like the winter time, right? I just look at a day like yesterday where you just walked outside. It was just yuck. Uh, man, I'd, I'd rather have a few snowflakes falling than pouring rain. Yeah, but at least you can get in your car and drive. You're not sliding into a snowbank, right? You know, it's you're not you're not huddled over because the cold is so brutal. Yeah, but not all winter days are you know spent in an igloo or or, or free completely frigid temperatures. Listen, I don't want that polar vortex any more than you. But I just said I, I don't know if I want rain for four months either. Well, once again, in a shocking turn of events, <laughs> we disagree. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.